Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person, on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please, and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, most college students that live at home can't wait for their parents to leave and have the house to themselves. But what has one student in Canada eagerly awaiting his parents return. A family camping trip gives two little girls more education than their parents had hoped for. They say time flies when you're having fun, but for a group of students with a Ouija board, time goes faster than they can believe. And could the never-born twin of a little boy be the mysterious child lurking in the family's home? Those stories, your calls, and more... Today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again, and uh, welcome back to the week. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm good. Hopefully everybody had a nice, restful weekend. Yeah. Had uh, And uh, enjoyed some EPP episodes, and uh, binged a little bit there. <laughs> uh, hint, hint, if you haven't, it'd be really nice if you did. It's only five bucks a month. Keeps our show going. Uh, and some really, really good stuff up there. 25 uh, episodes is what we're up to now. Uh, and you get all those when you sign up. So it's uh, not, a, not a bad little deal. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that uh, that Apple computer that was up online, I think I either got pulled or the owner realized this is kind of a scam uh, or they couldn't get a legitimate bidder for it. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I was reading one of those stories again uh, today about a night. Then I checked the eBay site and it said uh, due to an error with the original listing, the uh, original poster has canceled this auction or something. So That means I screwed up and it got too popular. Yeah, well, when you, when you put an item up there like that, that's getting media attention because it's a good buzz story, um, all you have... You never have a serious bidder that's going to be paying $7,000 for a shitty MacBook that was in a graveyard. Right. You know, it's just, nobody's going to, and that's the story behind it, is if you're just, if you're just tuning in, uh, somebody uh, said that uh, they were doing some drawings in a cemetery, forgot their, uh, their computer there, their laptop there. Next day they came back and all the music on iTunes had changed to like real period pieces like Beethoven and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's points for creativity uh-huh. um, and for thinking, oh, let's see how this goes anywhere. Um, but the thing is, nobody is seriously bidding on that item. You just have people creating eBay accounts going, oh, I'll give you $8,000 and then never buying the item. Well, sure. So... I mean, sometimes you do have items like that that go for, like, the the toast, you know. 
the toast that had the the Mary on it a while back, or the oh. Jesus toast, or whatever the hell Jesus it was. Jesus toast. Um, and there's been some items, you know. I, I think more so in, uh, I guess, the younger days of the internets, okay. where people were a little more, uh, I guess, gullible to this sort of stuff. I think people are going to think you really think internets is plural. <laughs> I just say it because I think it sounds funny. And it sounds dumb. And there's so many people who say it like that. I know. So I just say it like that because it's funny. Um, that uh, people have wised up. Yeah. I hope. You know, there's plenty who haven't, but... Well, I'm sorry. If a listing for a haunted MacBook says it's going to help do jobs around the house... Is that what it said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you not see that as... Just utter BS. That'd be a great way to make some money. You know, you just sit there and you just, you kind of put haunted items up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the key to that is is hoping that they don't get too popular. Because there's just a little bit of buzz around it. Uh, some people would, would buy into it. But if you get too far buzz into it, then it just goes nuts and you never sell the item. And yeah. it just doesn't work. So. <laughs> Anyway, uh, sorry, you're not getting that uh, for uh, a birthday or any upcoming holiday or oh, Easter man. or anything like that. Nothing's going to compare. Don't worry. I got uh, some siding from the Amityville house on back order, so that's coming for Is you. Is that up for sale now? Uh, it goes on sale every now and then. That's I don't know if crazy. it's on the market right now. Last time it went for like a million something. I don't want anything from the Amityville house. Well, the owners of the house ever since uh, the Amityville horror story took place, uh, they hate that story because they said this, this house is great. There's nothing wrong with it. Guess what? You bought the Amityville house. Exactly. That kind of goes along with it. I think if you could, I would, although it's probably not zoned properly, and I know that city hates that house. Um I would just buy it and turn it into a bed and breakfast. Yeah. And charge a pretty penny to stay at the Amityville house. I think it could get it to work. I think a lot of people would do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be, uh, and I don't know, again, it's probably, you know, zoning laws in the city would probably never give you the permission to do that because <laughs> there's already enough issues around that house of people just wandering by and taking pictures and it's a spectacle to the neighborhood, which is otherwise a fairly quiet neighborhood. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anyhow, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also write in on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Dale writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny, very much like your podcast. I was a big fan of Coast to Coast AM and was looking for something similar until I found this. I'd like to share with you one of my many experiences with the unnatural. Exactly one year ago from the moment I'm writing to you, I was living with my parents in Edmonston, New Brunswick, Canada, in a basement apartment. My dad works there, but uh, we got a house in our hometown where he and my mom return frequently when he has time off. The same applied to me, except being at the university in the town of Edmonston, uh, I had to stay in the apartment alone quite often while my parents went back home. Anyway, let's get on with the weird turn of events I once had in that apartment. I was alone for a while, two weeks once, and many strange things seemed to happen. First off, the TV in the kitchen would turn on at night a few times. This never happened when my parents were around, and I wish I could say that I forgot to turn it off, except I never listened to the TV, pretty much watch everything on my computer, with apps such as Netflix. So a few nights passed during the first week with the TV in the kitchen going on during the night. Not too alarming, but it was creepy. The following week was creepy in another fashion. 
I'm a guy who rarely dreams at night. Had my fair share of nightmares, and when I was younger, maybe occasional dream here and there, but that week, I had three dreams that kind of related to one another, mixed in with some sleep paralysis. I usually get sleep paralysis once a year or something. It's quite rare, but here's the thing. I had my first dream on Tuesday. That dream was really strange. I was in a dark room speaking with a man wearing a large trench coat. I couldn't see his face, but the thing that shocked me was he warned me that he was coming for a visit. As you're probably wondering, who the heck is he? And I could never get an answer. Then I woke up. I didn't make anything of it like any weird dream and went on with my day. The next night, I go to bed, fall asleep quite well after a big day at school. But for some reason, around 3 a.m., I wake up in a state of sleep paralysis. I can feel something watching me. Weirdly enough, I'm not paralyzed completely as I'm able to turn my body slightly around to look in different directions. As I turn to the right side of the bed, I see the strange apparition of a faded image of a demonic face. It laughs as it circles around me. It lasts about ten minutes till I'm able to wake up. My heart was racing through the roof. I couldn't sleep that night. The next day, I'm obviously tired and not concentrating very well in class, but at least it was a short day where I only had one class. Night comes and I go to bed exhausted. At about 3 a.m., I'm awakened this time. I'm awakened by the sound of screeching. As I'm about to get out of the bed, I feel my body paralyzed again, and slowly I see the same damn distorted face floating towards me, laughing in a mocking tone. I try to speak, but I can only make moaning sounds as I'm completely paralyzed. He got as close to my face, opened its mouth, and flew at me at full speed and disappeared. I was able to slowly move at about 3.20 a.m. Friday comes. I wasn't as well rested during the day. Going back to the apartment from school gave me the chills that day. But I didn't feel threatened, just creeped out. I go to bed early that evening when the sun is up, that is. No sleep paralysis that night, only a dream about some kid trying to tell me something. I was in a generic store, can't make out what kind of store it was. And a kid was pulling on my arm. I asked him if I could help him, but he didn't speak a word. After nagging my arm for quite some time, I told the kid to stop pulling my arm if he had nothing to say. The kid then looks up to me, stares at me for at least a few minutes, and then screams loudly, so loud that I could feel my ears hurting. I wake up abruptly, as in a jump scare. The weird thing is, my ears were ringing when I woke up as if the scream really had happened. I was quite worried and decided to get up and head for the parlor. It was 5 a.m. now. I sat down on the couch and watched some TV. Fell asleep and woke up at 10.15 a.m. I was well rested on Saturday. I spent the day with some friends driving around nearby towns and heading out to a bar to play some pool. I came back late that night. As soon as I got to the apartment, I went to bed. This is where I had my last dream. In my dream, I was at school, studying in the library. While I'm reading my notes, some random student is staring at me from afar. I noticed this after stretching my arms and legs for a bit. I could feel the gaze upon me, never letting go. I get tired of it and walk up to him. As I try to get to him, the distance between me and him stays constant. I was telling myself that this must be some crazy dream. After walking for a while, I just give up and head towards my things and head home. But as I turned around, I bump into the gazing student. He tells me he is watching you, and he isn't done with you yet. 
This scared the shit out of me. I ran away from the weird guy running through all the endless halls of the school. It lasted an eternity in my head. Moments later of endless running, I woke up. Nothing more has occurred ever since that I could relate to these events. My parents arrived the following day, and I was quite happy, honestly. Not the type to be scared of sleeping alone in an empty apartment, but I certainly needed a break from these crazy dreams and the creepy, faded, floating, demonic face. I think something is in that bedroom of the apartment, and I must have triggered something. I do not know how, but it lasted a week. As for the sleep paralysis, I did some research on the subject. Hallucinations are very common, but are usually random. I believe my experience to be unnatural, given how the dreams and the sleep paralysis occurrence happened. I believe he, from the dreams, was the thing floating around while I couldn't move. Regarding the TV turning on those nights, I heard some of the, your guests had this occurrence, but could be some electrical issue. However, I still think it's creepy that it happened more than once that week. Well, I may be wrong, and this may all be a bunch of coincidences chained together, but anyways, that concludes my story. I might write back about my other experiences with the unnatural. Not very good at storytelling, but if you guys like it, I'll write back. Have a good one, guys. Keep up the good work. Hope we hear more about shadow people on this podcast. That subject is starting to fascinate me more and more with people calling in. Dale. I think it's something paranormal. It's completely out of the normal for him. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, like I've said time and time again, I don't know about coincidences. And I, I know some people are able to, but I've never had dreams personally where it, like is successive you know or chronological where things mm -hmm. seem to be linked from night to night i've had it but it's not usually like night to night mm -hmm. i've had it where it's like hey i've been in this neighborhood before in a previous dream three years ago you know or something like that where it's like i know i've dreamed about this setting before and it's like a made-up place yeah or some f weird version of a of a real place um well, yeah, to have it all back to back, I mean, it could be the fact that, you know, he was focused on it. It was, you know, coming back like that because it was somewhat troubling. But when you mix in the other things of that story, like the, the TV turning on and off, what he actually did physically see mm -hmm. in the environment. Um, yeah, I, I do tend to lean that there is something paranormal going on there. Yeah. More so than just, you know, being troubled by a dream. I, I, the only time I've—I I guess I take that back. I have had dreams where it—it it, it is somewhat successive, but it's—it was from a lack of sleep. It was—it was when I was like filling in on overnights on a, a radio station. Okay. And then that just totally messes with you. I mean, it's one thing to do that on a regular basis, which is difficult, but it's another thing to be like the fill-in person for that shift. Okay. And it's like, oh god, suddenly you're working—you know, midnight to six a.m. for a week. Uh, and then try and go back to a normal life mm -hmm. or try and get into that swing of things. And it's just all day long. I would have the radio nightmare and our, our radio people listeners know this nightmare. It's you're sitting there in the studio and uh, your songs are constantly running out and you can't get the next one to play or you can't get anything to, to load and the carts don't play or the stuff on the computer doesn't play. You just sit there with dead air. That's the nightmare. <laughs> Dead air is what that would be called. So, um, I, ha I would have that when I would fill in, and it was horrible because you never really felt rested. You just wake up from a dream going, oh, great. 
I just dreamed about that, and I'm going to go do that. Okay. So, yeah. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Nakia writes in, uh, don't worry about how to say my name. You'll never get it right. In my 35 years of life, only one person has ever said it right. After looking at it, just call me Nikki. Well... How do you think it's said? Did I she ever tell Nikia. us? Nakia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Nakia. I am probably wrong, Nakia, because I'm going to guess it's probably a common guess. Yeah. Is that like, uh, didn't Elton John have a song? Uh, uh, oh, something. No. Da, 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 da. I'm just going to say he didn't. Oh, little da da. What the hell was that song? Genie. Genie. Damn it. I thought it was like Nikki or Nakia nope. or something. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, that's me just not knowing. Uh, I was probably singing Nakia my entire life. Really? And now it's, I didn't know it was Jeannie. Yeah. <laughs> so you never really understand what the hell they're singing. Uh, I live in Anchorage, Alaska, and my first experience happened when I was around nine or ten. I lived with my mom and my two older sisters at the time. We lived in a three-story apartment. When you walked into the front door, you'd walk into the main living room. On this floor, there was also the kitchen and a half bathroom. Upstairs were the bedrooms and a full bathroom. On top of the stairs, my mom had placed a wooden bookshelf filled with books. On the bottom floor, there was another large living room or den with a laundry room. My mother had a small piano organ that we kids loved to play. Well, one night I had a friend spending the night. It was late for us kids, maybe around 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. My friend and I were playing with the organ, laughing and having fun, when I remembered my mom had this book I wanted to show my friend. Sort of comic book. So we walked up to the top floor and sat down on the stairs. I found the book and we were looking at it, pointing and giggling at the pictures, as girls do when we both heard the sound of the organ play, just two notes. Needless to say, we both stopped laughing, looked at each other wide-eyed with a shocked look, and said nothing. We both jumped up and ran into the room and went to bed. This was my first and last experience in this apartment. I have other stories that I'll share later. Thank you. Love the podcast. You two are great. Could it have been a stuck key? A haunted organ? I don't know. Um, If it's just kind of coming out of nowhere. I mean, my question is, was it turned on? Yeah. You know, there's usually, I, depending on what type of, I'm, I'm just, in my mind's eye, picturing like the old big organ my grandma had in her basement. Yeah. And that thing, like, it had to warm up yeah. before it would even work. And we're like, it turned it on, and then you hear like, rrr, 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 rrr. it was like a car. And it would get going, and then you'd have to wait like 10 minutes for it to actually warm up, physically <laughs> warm up. Uh, and then it would play. Um so I don't. I mean, depending on what type of organ it is, I mean, unless it's like a Yamaha keyboard, then they're you know ready to go. But sure, no, my grandmother's organ, you have to turn it on, but it's usually ready to go pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, I, I don't know. That's I, creepy. My question is, was it on? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'd like to know. I mean, if if it was off and it's playing a key, yeah, that's that's pretty creepy. Stuck key, even if it is on, you'd think it would keep going. Yeah. And that, there would be an ongoing issue there. I don't know. Something about that sound. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. Jessica writes in, while this may not seem to be one of the more frightening stories, I can tell you it scared me to the core when I was just a little girl. To start off, I guess I should tell you a little background. I was about 10 years old, and I have a sister who's four years younger. 
She was six at the time, I believe. My dad was a huge history buff and camper, so he planned a huge vacation for my family. We were traveling with our little pop-up trailer all throughout the South. We're from Texas, but we never really traveled, so this was exciting. We went to Tennessee, Georgia, and Arkansas and beyond. My experience happened when we stayed at a campground in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This campground was right next to a Civil War battleground. Looking back on it, who knows if lives were lost on that land. It was right through a patch of woods where a man named Richard lived. (laughs) That's not even funny. I just had to throw that in there. Uh, Continuing on, we had uh, been camping around the south for about a week now, but this was our first and only night in Chattanooga. And I should uh, note, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything back from him in quite some time. So you knew we were going to get a flood of emails. I want to know myself. Well, I'd I do be too. Curious. So, um, but uh, it'd be nice to get an update. But we have nothing to report there. Continuing on, I begged my mom to let me have some responsibility and wash our dirty chores. Being ten, my mom didn't want me to be alone across the campground. <laughs> what? Wash our dirty chores. Wash our dirty, dirty chores. <laughs> Go do them dirty chores. Sorry, dirty clothes. Yeah. Continuing on. Being 10, my mom didn't want me to be alone. Across the campground, she told me uh, to take my sister. Her dad drove us up to the wash house, and all the lights were off in the whole building. There was a convention sort of room connected to the wash house with a bathroom tucked away in the back corner. My dad unloaded the dirty clothes, turned on the lights, gave us some quarters to use the machines, and went back to our campsite, leaving my sister and I alone. There was a little TV in the room to keep us entertained, and we hadn't watched TV in a week, so we were ecstatic. I told my sister I would be right back. I had to use a restroom and walked to the connecting convention room. All the lights were off except an exit sign shining green, and it was silent. Dead silent kind of creeped me out, but I quickly saw a sign for the bathroom. I ran across the big room and made it safely to the bathroom. I turned on the light and locked the door. Then I sat down to do my business. While I was there, uh, while I was turned to the wall getting toilet paper, I got the most uneasy feeling. I can't say if the hair stood up on my neck, but my heart began to beat out of my chest, which startled me because there was no reason finished up, turned towards the door, only to notice it was wide open now. I freaked, ran to my sister, told her what happened, and we both took off across the campsite, leaving the quarters and laundry there. I told my parents, and I know they believe me just by the look on my face. I was pale white and so terrified we left that next day, and I've never been back. Thanks to the podcast you do, they keep me very entertained. I don't know... Do you think that was something in the washroom, or do you think it was just a door? Rakens. No. I'm going with rakens. Raccoons. You're going to go with raccoons. Um, it's it's hard to say. Um, I, in, in my mind's eye, I picture the place one way. I have no idea what this place really looked like. There are some campsites with pretty modern, you know, convention rooms, and... You know, it sounded, it had electricity and stuff like that in there. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I could go either way. If it's like kind of the old school 60s, 70s kiosk type buildings that a lot of wood going on there, lots of paneling and such, uh, you know, probably not super well maintained, mm-hmm. but enough to have electricity. 
Um, I could easily see there being a family of raccoons somewhere in the building or something of the wildlife uh, that may have taken refuge in there that could easily make people think there's ghosts. Yeah. Um, but if it's, you know, more of a modern facility, a little more airtight, that would weed that out. Was the door locked or was it just closed? I believe it was just closed. Okay. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very hard to say on that story. I, I could see it, you know, I'm not here to judge if it's real or, or what it was exactly, but obviously something happened. But what was yeah. it, I don't know. I don't know. I... I think if if it were me, I'd still be trying to rationalize it as just the door came unlatched, you know, just for my peace of mind. It's interesting that she got the uneasy feeling before she noticed the door. It's true. But the thing about that is, too, when we recall things, sometimes we don't necessarily have the right order in our minds. Mm. And we're not crazy. It's right. just how we end up recalling things. So when you have that big rush of adrenaline, oh, shit, the door's wide open. Uh, that really freaked me out and you run, you may end up recounting it as, I felt kind of uneasy in there. Which may have just been because it was dark and you know that would make anyone feel kind of And uneasy. you were two little girls yeah. kind of in the woods. By yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know, scary. Yeah. What were you watching on TV, I'm wondering? <laughs> what, was, <laughs> what was coming in on the television that day? Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Tansy writes in, I used to work in uh, central London in 2003 for a government department. And the building I worked in looked like a typical Victorian townhouse now used as offices. My job was to help with basic admin in the legal department, which included updating legislation simply by removing old pages and replacing them with new ones. The legal department, however, wanted to move further out of London and needed myself and another girl to go to the basement and get all old books out and ready to pack away. So armed with boxes and tape, we headed down to the basement. When we got there, we saw a long, well-lit corridor with rooms off to the side. In each room, there were metal bookcases and large, old books. We got to work and cleared the shelf, but ran out of tape. The girl I was working with said she would go and get some more. Started to clear out what was left when I was aware someone was standing on the other side of the bookcase. Since I was able to look through the gap of the bookcase, I couldn't see anymore. Then I heard someone in the corner. I thought my colleague had come back, but when I looked around the corner, no one was there. I fobbed this off as just sounds, but suddenly felt this whack on my neck. Best I can describe is someone bending back a plastic ruler, letting it slap someone's skin. I instantly flew around, pretty angry, only to come face to face with a blank wall. Then I felt something had lodged itself into the collar of my shirt. I fiddled with the neck and pulled at something and said something stuck. As I looked at it, it was the spine of one of the books. I then promptly left and went to the canteen for a coffee. I found out later that the place I worked in was Old Scotland Yard. Keep up with the spooky stuff. Tansy. Yeah, I'm betting they kept the prisoners down there, too. Probably. And I bet all sorts of lovely things occurred in that area. Yeah. Special people. Very good story. Lots of uh, creepy imagery there. Our number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to uh, Patty in Omaha. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. This is Patty from Omaha. Um, 
calling in, not a story of mine personally, but one that my mom told me um, a couple days ago. So she was telling me, we were getting, getting on the subject of my grandma, and she was telling me that um, when my grandma was in the hospital, like right before she passed, um, she was sitting in the room with my grandma, her mom, and she was sleeping. And my mom was reading a magazine, and she saw like this shadow of just like something just standing outside the room because um, the hospital she stayed at, there was like little glass panes in the door. And she uh, said that she saw something dart by and she didn't know what it was and she just thought it was one of the nurses because they have like a 24-hour staff. And uh, so she didn't think anything of it. Well, the next day, um, she goes back to visit her mom and her mom said that she had a dream that her sister was outside the uh, hospital room waiting for her. And my mom was like, oh, that's, you know, that's nice. And she thought it was kind of weird at first because, you know, like that's just a weird thing to say. Like, you know, her dead sister's waiting for her outside the door. But a couple of days after that, she actually did pass away. So I know that you guys have, um, talked about that in the past where you know people seeing their loved ones before they go and um you know I just thought that was kind of ironic because her sister died like that like when I was little so like at least 10 15 years ago so I barely even remember her but I thought that was a good story I wanted to share with you um and I still love the show thanks guys bye-bye makes sense yeah we've talked about that quite a bit I think uh, there's something to that. I don't know. You know, I, I wonder if you get the option of, uh, you know, like when you you die, you get to sign up for different routes of what you want to do. Like you can sign up on this board if you'd like to uh, lead your dead family members on to the next route. Uh, or you can sign up for summer camp and go freak out children. Uh, or, <laughs> you know, and you get the option of what you'd like to do. Uh-huh. I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, I think most people would probably want to make sure they're family members get where they're supposed to go most most people would some of us would like to go freak out children at summer camp okay you know and the thing is the thing that kind of sucks about that sign up board is it it is like an old church cork sign up board at the you know sign up on the atrium on the uh, cork board and uh, every time you try and write on the pen it just goes right through and you can't really get your name on the damn thing you've spent too much time thinking about this sign up sheet (laughs) That's how it works. Okay. That's unfortunately how the one in death does too. So if you're hoping for uh, you know an infallible sign-up sheet in death, good luck. It ain't going to happen. Just saying right now. <laughs> They're not passing around iPads up there. That's not even there yet. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number. You're at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Adam writes in, uh, Hi, Tony and Jen. Thanks for reading the stories about my aunt and nan. I was ecstatic to hear my name and stories being read out on the podcast. I was just listening to one of the latest episodes about uh, Stephen uh, working in the Discount Cinema Theater, and it made me want to send along some of my stories about the Discount Cinema I worked at. I worked in a small independent cinema, similar to the one Stephen worked in. One night after one of the screens had emptied, I went to grab a brush to go clean up. My coworker followed me in. The screen had about 15 rows and was our biggest. At one point, I was on my hands and knees near the back sweeping up. Got back up to my feet to see a pure white woman standing in the middle of the fourth row on the right-hand side. She was wearing a full-length white dress. 
I was about to ask what she was doing, but she vanished before I could. I mentioned it to my co-worker who had his back to me, so he couldn't see anything. We both shrugged it off as nothing. A few months later, the projectionist was finishing a job up in the booth when they felt like they were being watched. They glanced over at a CCTV monitor, which was a live feed down to where we kept the Hoover and other cleaning supplies. The same woman in white was staring up at the camera, looking directly at the projectionist. The projectionist froze in shock before the woman turned and disappeared through the wall towards the screen. Thanks for reading. I still have a couple more stories about the same cinema, including voices that were heard and other entities spotted. I'll get those sent as soon as possible. Kind regards, Adam. I don't think I'm going to be able to look at theaters the same anymore. Because we just get so many theater stories. Oh, yeah. They're all haunted. Yeah, pretty much. Would you be able to keep your job if you had that experience of being the person watching the screen? Being the person seeing that thing look up at you and then just walk away. Would you stay working there? I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm afraid it would follow me home. Now, it's probably perfectly content to stay at that theater, but that would be my my fear is that it would follow me home. See, I, I wouldn't be that much afraid of that. I just, I, I think I would be so kind of shaken up by that kind of an experience where it's that visible mm-hmm. that uh, I really... I couldn't go to work every day feeling comfortable. No. And I, I think that would eat at me, and I'd, I'd get more anxious and more nervous and freaked out, and I just don't think it would be good uh, over time. I think I would just, I, I, I can't handle this place. I think it'd start me looking for a new job. But yeah. I wouldn't be like, no, I'm done, I can't come back. It's like, it's one thing to see... You know, like when we were in in West Bend and we saw that kind of shadowish type figure up in a balcony way high up, Uh you know, in a window. It wasn't a super clear, you know, apparition. You couldn't make out like its facial features or anything like that. You could just tell there was something up there. You could see the shape and it glowing. And that to me was more like curious. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like threatened I, I didn't feel like oh holy you know this is a you know the you know the library and ghost hunters flying out in front of me um i was like oh curious i think i'd have some issue maybe working in that building every day if i saw that on a regular basis but it wasn't like a scarring experience if i was the person watching that camera and you saw a woman with facial features full-blown apparition looking at that to me is in line with ghostbusters library ghost lady yeah that to me would be a semi-scarring experience (laughs) you know not you know that i'm gonna sit there and scream and cry but you would well a little bit you know i would you know just a couple tears you know and i probably would wet myself just a little but not a lot and i but i can move on you know Mm -hmm. eventually but that would be an experience where it's like this is just can't do this it's too detailed mm-hmm. it's not just a shadow it's like oh god this is yeah too much <laughs> too much to handle 
855-853-4802. That's her number. Alexandra or Alex writes in, Hey guys, I'm Alex from Spokane, Washington. Just, re- just recently discovered your podcast while on the hunt for something to pass the time at work. Like most that listen to your show, I've always been curious about the supernatural. So I'll skip all that and get to the point. I listened to an episode today about a Ouija board experience and felt compelled to contribute to the list of reasons not to mess around with these things. It was Halloween night of 2009, my freshman year of college. My friends and I were gathered for the festivities, and it happened to be one of their birthdays as well. So always a big day for us. Anyway, we had all graduated from Lewiston High School in Lewiston, Idaho. A handful of us stayed in town and attended LCSC, or just 30 minutes up the hill at the University of Idaho. So close enough that they could pop home for a visit whenever. This was one of those times. For some reason, my friend owned a Ouija board and kept it in the trunk of her car. Somehow this came up in conversation, at the fact that it was Halloween and we had a few tequila shots. Scents went out the door. The only ones that had the courage or even interest to try it were my cousin, another friend, and I. We went to sit on the floor of the spare bedroom of our friend's house to begin. She came running in and said the only way she would let us use it was if we took it outside. The three of us headed out to the side of the house, sat down, and began asking questions. It took a while to get going, and we kept feeding it questions until it started answering. All I can remember specifically is that whoever or whatever we were talking to said he was a little boy with the surname Lamb. Knowing Lewiston's history, there was a large Chinese population in the 19th century, and we, of course, thought one of us was messing around. That was until my friend's boyfriend came out to smoke a cigarette and was surprised to see us. He had thought we had gone to pop in at another party due to our proximity to the college. We were confused and said we'd only been out there for about a half an hour. He looked at us and asked, How drunk are you guys? It was 11 o'clock. We've been out there for nearly two hours. We all looked at each other in disbelief. I don't know if we were just so absorbed by this thing or what, but that made me wonder if it wasn't real. What made it even more real was when strange things started happening to my cousin, who happened to have lived with me and my family since our sophomore year of high school. That's another story, though. Who were we talking to? Did it follow my cousin? It's been a while since I even thought about that Halloween, but that episode made me want to get some input on my own cliche Ouija story. Just remember, friends don't let friends Ouija. Thank you for curing my boredom at work, and I hope to hear from you guys. Do you think it messed with time with them? Yeah, that's interesting. It's like when I I have that happen when I'm in like sleeping, you know, and you kind of pass out and you're mm-hmm. like oh gosh well there we go um i don't know how how you would how that happens i have no idea either the only thing i can think of to to be remotely comparison is there's been stories of pilots um you know over the bermuda triangle area um where you know suddenly they just take off from an island they go into a patch of clouds and suddenly they're flying over miami yeah. You know, and they're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way we just got here that far, that fast. Um, there's something that bended there. Yeah. And how that happened, why that happened, I don't know. I would just be happy that that's all that happened. Although we did say that some stuff happened to the cousin, but... Yeah. Uh, I'd like to know what... Me too. What else happened there, but... 
Uh, that, yeah, I don't know. I would be, I'd be getting rid of that board very quickly. Uh, James writes in, this is my second submission to the site. I wasn't going to tell this one because it involves my family, but it's so interesting to me that I couldn't resist, and I hate my family. No, I'm kidding. I, I just added that part in there. This may be due to the fact that I've had, uh, that I have loved to write since I was a kid. Many years ago, my grandparents moved into a house in the town in which I and other members of my family live. My grandma soon encountered an older woman in a house dress with an apron. The first time, the woman appeared twice, once standing in front of the stove. My grandma had left the kitchen to do something and returned. And the other time, the woman was standing on a staircase landing. Not too long after that, my dad saw the same woman on the landing where my grandma had seen her, but neither of them talked about it because it wasn't a constant thing. A few other family members had their own sightings over the years, and then eventually my cousin and I saw her on the landing. All of these sightings took place during the day. We all found out years later who the woman was. My grandma was visiting the neighbors, and she saw a picture of the woman she had seen, and then disappear. The neighbors said that the woman was their mother-in-law, and she had lived in the house my grandparents had moved into up until her death. My grandma passed a while ago, and my older sister and her husband and their kids moved in. My older sister is interested in ghosts and the like, and a series of unexplained events prompted her to do a mini EVP session with her phone. She asked the woman, whose name we found out as a result of the info gathered from the neighbors, to give a sign if she was still there. She got a recording of a woman saying, Here. That's all for now. Love the show. She probably will stay there, too. I bet it's one of those things where she loves her home and she just doesn't want to leave. How many ghosts that are kind of like unexplained as to where they're at are results of ghosts being homeless? Homeless people turning into ghosts? No. Ghosts that had a home like this. Let's oh. uh, let's say eventually when this house gets torn down at some point in time, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever happens to it, it will go away at some point in history. Um, where, you know, it, that must happen quite often, especially to older homes, where the ghosts are taking up residence there. Where do they go? I mean, homeless ghosts, literally. It's an epidemic. I have no idea where they go, <laughs> and I don't know that it's an epidemic. <laughs> I really think it could be. You think so? There's a lot of... Probably is. I wonder if that just... Uh, are you then relegated to stay in your neighborhood? I don't know. We hear stories about people that deal with ghosts that are just passing through. That's true. Or we've heard stories, too, of ghosts that um, uh, essentially still haunt the structure of where the house was. Sure. Like, they'll people will see people literally floating in the air and then come to find out, oh, there used to be a balcony there on the old house. So that would explain why that person is there. Almost like the structure is frozen in time with the entity. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, just uh, just something to think about. Yeah. Adam writes in, when I was younger, I would supposedly see a little boy who, uh, th- though caused me no harm, would always want to play, which now hearing about it is very unsettling with what I know about paranormal entities. My mother, who's very spiritual, told me she'd hear me and my sister talking to him, and she'd ask who we were talking to. We'd say, the little boy. He wants to play. 
That would continue for a while, and though I do not remember that part, I do remember that one day I came home and we just walked into the door. I, being the first in the door, had walked to the dog gate. We had uh, separating the living room and the kitchen and saw a small figure run up the stairs leading to my room. Being probably 10 at the time, it scared the hell out of me. And when I told my mother what happened, she said, Oh, it's the little boy again, I said. What little boy? She was surprised I didn't remember him. She said, Yeah, the little boy. And she explained what had happened when I was younger with this little boy. She also mentioned once I said I saw him run down the stairs and jump over the railing and disappear. So not surprising, I saw him run up the stairs again. It seems that he did that a lot after that. I don't recall ever having any contact with him again till last year. My girlfriend at the time, who has had many paranormal experiences in her life, was sitting in my living room and I was upstairs sleeping. She said that she heard my door open and she saw a shadow at the top of the stairs. Assuming it was me, she called out and asked what I was doing. There was no response. She called out again and then the figure just walked back into my room and closed the door. Scared, she ran up to my room to see what was going on and she said when she got there, the door was locked. She managed to get it open by putting a knife in the side. When she got into my room, the lights were off. I was sound asleep in my bed, and it appeared I hadn't moved an inch since the minute I fell asleep. My mom thinks that this little boy could have been my dead brother, who didn't survive. She said I was supposed to be a twin, and it was probably him trying to keep in contact with me in the afterlife, since he never got to be with me in the real world. That's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I love the show, and I hope to become an EPP very soon. That's a sad thought, but I wonder if a child that dies either before it's born or slightly after it's born, if it can manifest into a ghost of an older child. Like, essentially continue to age? Yes, as weird as that sounds, because obviously it's... A ghost, mm-hmm. but that's you know kind of the what they were thinking. And we had a story a while back about a another sibling that had passed away before this particular listener mm-hmm. was born, and they thought it was that sibling that was haunting. Yeah, them. it's not uh, a unique story, if you will. I mean, it, it's unique to its what goes on in it, but it, we've heard that type of thing happen before. Where they age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and where it's it's uh, a sibling of some sort, exactly sort of thing, where it was, you know, essentially it, the, that part of the pregnancy didn't work out um, and the, the child died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting. It, it seems to occur. So I think the answer to that may be, yeah, it could very well be uh, who you think it is. 855-853-4802 is our number. Kathy in Virginia. Let's go to you. Hi, this is Kathy from Virginia Beach. Um, I wanted to tell you about a story from 2013, the summer of 2013. We have a family reunion every summer with my husband's family. There's six kids. So there's usually at least 20 people at these things. Um, this happened in Oak Island, North Carolina. They, we were all rented a big beach house in... It was three stories. The bottom story was just storage in the garage. The second story was like the kitchen and it had a couple bedrooms and a living area. And it had a big front porch. The front porch faced the beach and you came in through the back way. 
The third story also had some bedrooms and a living area. Um, it was built in the 90s, so it wasn't that old, and I have no idea what went on there, but maybe there had been something there before that. Anyway, uh, one night, I'd gone to bed. I slept on the second story, and my husband was out watching TV in the living area. He was all by himself, and he heard some women talking, and he said they had real strong southern accents, kind of like what you would hear heard in um, Gone with the Wind or something. And at first he thought it might be his sister and my daughter talking, but, you know, it didn't sound like them. I mean, they have southern accents, but they're not that strong. So he went upstairs to see what it was, and there wasn't anybody up there, and everybody was asleep. All the bedrooms were closed. He went through to each bedroom. He couldn't hear anything. And when he had gotten upstairs, the talking stopped. So that was a little bit freaky. Then a few days later, I had gotten a real bad sunburn. So um, when everybody left to go out for the day, I stayed behind. And I was sitting on the front porch facing the ocean, just reading all day, staying in the shade. And at one point, I heard that the back door opened from inside the house. And I heard people come in and start talking. And I thought, oh, I wonder why they're back already. So I go inside to greet them, and nobody was there. So I don't know who that was or, you know, I don't know what caused that. And then the last thing happened um, was my brother-in-law told me about this. He was sleeping on the third floor. The bedroom they were in, um, he said the door was kind of hard to close because it was on some thick carpets. And he said one night he woke up to see the door struggling to open. And he thought maybe it was one of the grandkids or something trying to come in. And so he just kind of watched. The door slowly opened, stayed open for a few seconds, and then slowly closed again but there was nobody there. So that was our um, interesting little vacation. Um, the house felt fine. It didn't feel spooky or anything, but there was some weird things going on. Okay, uh, I am an EEP, and I love your show. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for being an EPP and supporting the show. I think more people were trying to show up for that family reunion that uh, had died. You think so? Yeah. I think a lot of people show up. You think it was part of the family or do you think it was just somebody that had been on that property before i don't know i mean you know when families get together and such and you know you have a gathering you know grandkids and you know folks that aren't always able to be together mm-hmm. um i could see the uh the dead if they are you know following certain ones around or whatnot also oh the energy there, kind of drawing them back yeah. Yeah, I think it, they, they should always have like a table for the ghost for the dead members. A table for the ghosts. Okay. Yeah. And there's the kids table. There's the uh, the grown-up tables over there. What's this table over here? Well, that's for the dead ones. Um, <laughs> they can just sit there and uh, enjoy some jello right there. You know, I don't know. Look at the lovely je- And you make things of like the period mm-hmm. of like what they would have been making or eating. So it probably would involve a lot of like jello molds with carrots in and things of that nature. Gross. <laughs> and black olives. That's just gross. Just mix it all up and call it a salad. Uh, 855-853-4802. One more caller uh, in Los Angeles today. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm the first time calling. I'm like, uh, it's over the phone, but I'm nervous. Um, I've had many experiences, and so has my family, but one that I can always remember so vividly was um, me and my aunt were in the kitchen, and I was at the table to the left side, and she was at the sink in front of me, 
And, you know, we were making small talks. And we both got like a really cold chill. Like it felt like when you open the freezer and, oh, it's cold. And uh, at the same time, we both see something at the corner of our eye. And we look over to the right side and from the kitchen connects my aunt's old room. And it was the door, so it was like the kitchen and then you open the door and it was her room. So in that doorway, we both see a very large figure just like float into the room. But the thing was, it was the same size as the door and as wide as the door and it didn't like walk in, it like swept in. And we were both super terrified and I looked at her and we were both like, uh, I'm like, did you see that? And she's like, wait, what did you see? And I was like, no, what did you see? And then we were both agreed that we seen the same thing. And we used to say we didn't sleep in that room that night and I didn't go back in there and she didn't go back in there. And then the next day I went out to feed my rabbit and it was dead. So I don't know if you seen like a Green Reaper type sort of thing or just, I don't know, some dark entity ghost killing rabbit thing. Uh, yeah, this happened in about 98, maybe 97. So I was about eight or seven and my aunt is five years older than me. And we still talk about it to this day and we both agree it was like one of the scariest things that happened in that house, but many things happened in that house. And um, yeah, I don't know what questions or what you guys will talk about after. I'm pretty sure they'll have to do with something with grandma cookies because you seem to always mention grandma cookies. Weird. Anyways, I'm from Los Angeles, California. Uh, San Gabriel Valley, Azusa to be specific, and a lot of spooky things have happened. But um, I'll be sure you're probably right because calling is really weird. Okay, well, thank you for your great stories, and I love hearing them. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I listen to them while I'm picking up and crafting and what have you, and you're just uh, awesome. All right. Thank you for the call and thank you for sharing the uh, the stories with us. Calling and talking on the phone is so 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people used to do. I know. Do you think there's going to be a whole generation of um, phone etiquettely? Uh, etiquettely? Etiquettely. Yeah. You like my words? Yeah. Uh, deprived, impaired folks because of the lack of using phones to communicate for a whole generation texting just you know emailing's normal that's that's a norm for most adults at this point but there's a whole generation that doesn't sit there and talk with their friends on the phone yeah. you know so just the kind of like you know the me- the muscle memory that you kind of build up as a teenager when you're talking on the phone to your friends uh-huh doesn't happen with a lot of these kids now so i never would have thought about that but most of the time anymore when you see people out in public using cell phones they're our age or older yeah 
because the kids are all bent over. Hunched. They're bent over. They're not actually speaking into the device. Yeah, they're yeah. they're typing, and their thumbs are going to have horrible arthritis. There's going to be, yeah, be a big epidemic of carpal tunnel of her thumbs yeah. uh, for like treatment when these people are like thirty. Um, I don't know. I just I, I kind of wonder about that. Probably so. Just kind of like I mean, it's just the same way people don't know how to write anymore either. We are blessed with a lot of listeners that know how to write, but the yeah. art of writing letters to sure. one another gone. That's gone. Yeah. They don't even teach cursive in school anymore. In Which some is places, shocking. I mean, I remember I hated cursive. I just I was not because I'm such. Mm-hmm. I write like a doctor. Yeah, you, you can't do. read it because there's so much that's trying to flow out of my mind at once. I, you know, I, I can't. And you'd think cursive would be quicker. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I, no, I just. No. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just one of those things. Uh, I, I've I've noticed that uh, some, not necessarily just on our show, but just younger people in general, no phone skills. Yeah. At all, no understanding of. Okay. This person talks, now you respond. You know, just back and forth, back and forth, like ping pong. It's like, you mean I need to pick up the racket for the this to continue? I have to say, though, one of the worst people for talking on the phone is you. Why? You constantly talk over people. Yeah, well, that's what I do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 855-853-4802 is the uh, the phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can also become an EPP, support the show, keep it going. It's only five bucks a month. You get all those bonus episodes. Uh, check that out on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.